Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey. <laughs> I always do my love. So I'm gonna feel like I'll be singing. Hello, hello, hello. Right, 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 right. So let's let's get started. Hey everybody, it is now time for Talks with Nat. And tonight we're doing a part two of the correctional officer. And on this part two, this is going to be correctional officer working in work release. And on tonight's episode, I have my home girl, Shawnee. Say hey. Hey, hey y'all. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on tonight to do this episode with me. I really appreciate it. Thank no you. problemo, no problemo. Um, we were talking earlier, and I I didn't realize it was a difference <laughs> between a correction officer in the jail and a correction officer working work release. Yes, ma'am. So, before we get into that. Um, what made you become a correction officer? You want the truth or you want me to lie to your peoples? <laughs> we can be truthful. We truthful. Truthfully, it, it was because it was um, an opportunity that landed in my lap. Um, because back in the 90s, it was political in getting in state, city, county jobs. So it literally landed in my lap. And it was an opportunity that myself and uh, my best friend took. We partook uh, an opportunity. We we took our chance in it. We didn't know anything about it. Um, and we had to go to Springfield for like six weeks. Uh, because that's for Illinois. I've learned that with working in HR that when it comes to training, Indiana does it different than what Illinois does. Because back then, at least I'll say, cause that was in the nineties, we had to go to Springfield for like six weeks. Um, we stayed in like these dormitory areas. Um, and you're, you basically, you're in class, you in physical ed types up, you're, you're in training and you're away from your family for the six weeks or whatever. So it was just an opportunity that landed in our laps and we we took we took advantage of it. You know, it was it was different because I had never did it before. Um, so it was different. I think when we first started, we had a whole different title because it was like an entry level position. Um, so you were like the trainee status and then from the trainee status is once you completed everything then you graduate over to the correction side mm, okay so how how long was training six weeks that went back quick then huh when you are away from your family it's and it tends to drag I didn't have any children at the time Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those cases we were fresh out of high school so my college life kind of got put on hold mm-hmm. um, because I went from graduating out of high school to going into getting a government job so it was just like college who? Nah, let me just stay here and check this out so yeah <laughs> now when you now when you first entered this was the going in working at a work release program right yes okay mm-hmm. so what was it like being a correctional officer in the work release program you know if i had okay so if i gotta compare it to because i did hr at um, department of corrections and i had and if i had to do a comparison it is if anyone is interested in actually doing it, I would advise, and that's just me, to go into work release because you're dealing with the individuals 
who have more to lose than someone that is actually behind the wall. Mm -hmm. Like when you come to work release, typically you probably have anywhere from maybe a year or less of your time served and then you're able to be released back into you know society so the only thing is you had to maintain employment so and with uh, if no one knows that but I think everybody probably does is once you are an inmate uh, there are so many programs out there that is part of helping them to rehabilitate themselves to become part of society again so then you have different organizations and companies that work with Department of Corrections that hire those who have a record and they get to go work and outside of work when they're not working they get a pass from their counselor that allows them like a 48 hour 72 hour pass that they can go be with their family so that is the difference is if you are in a inmate in work release you have the freedom to move mm, okay you know you come to the center you'll come back to the center when your uh, pass is over and then you got to get a new pass from your counselor to you know continue to be out and you, most of the times they will come in and they probably like wash their clothes get their new pass to be able to go spend with their family and then they had to you know, check in as far as work related because they had to show that they was coming because you get the little check stubs and all this stuff. So they had something to look forward to. Not saying that someone who's actually locked up in the system as with a actual, you know, penitentiary setting doesn't have anything to look forward to, but someone on work at least having an, an immense of things to look forward to because they have access to their family and it's not just looking at them behind a plastic glass. Yeah, you know, no, you know, they're not told how many showers that they can take and because they are able to go home. Wow. Okay, that's cool. That is different. That that's is very different. different. And it and penitentiary life for COs is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get, I was offered the opportunity to go work at one and I had to decline it because I just felt like I want to come home to my family. Like those people, they, they are, can you have, you're dealing with lifers. So if you're dealing with a lifer, what do they have to lose? Yeah. They're already there for life. So if they assault you or, you know, they throw feces on you, you're, what are, what are we giving them? Just an extra extension of their life sentence? Right. So right. it's like, for in this night, like I tell you, it's not for everyone because I am a hundred percent, I know for a fact, if the opportunity had it came to me and they said, hey, we can get you at Statesville, Dansville, it would have been a hard no with no hesitation like nope not doing it and the facility that I was at it started off as males only and then someone had a bright idea to co-ed it so then we allowed the females to come in so (laughs) I don't know who idea that was but neither here nor there (laughs) you bring in females into an all male facility Somebody. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole lot of baby making back then, boy. It was a whole lot of it. But I don't know who idea it was because when they told us in our roll call, we all sat there like, wait, what? We we about to bring some females into these walls with these menses who ain't really seen, touched, did none of that. Exactly. <laughs> We about to do that. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. I said, all right. <laughs> I'm just, I just work here. That's all I can say. I just work here. Because <laughs> when you think about that, it's like, like, yeah, did y'all think about this? Yeah, I don't think nobody thought about it. It had to be a whole lot of money coming through <laughs> some hands as to the reason why they allowed that to happen. But <laughs> I'm going to sip my tea because that ain't none of my business. 
I think they probably figure with him. Well, they in jail. You know, they base we in work release, so they can't do anything. Okay, so with work release work. on the inside, like, do they have any type of freedom compared to the ones that's in jail and in prison? Like, are they able to move around? Like, yeah, they able to move around. They um, they had a day room. And you know, had the TV set up in there. Uh, they could go to each other's uh, rooms. Uh, they could, cause that facility was brand new, mm-hmm. so they were able to. And like I said, they were able to take passes. Like, you know, if they needed to go shopping for their toiletries, and you know, they were able to move around. So inside, this it's a little more confinement on the inside because. Even though it's work release, you're still monitored. Like, in order to go from wing one to wing two, you have to get buzzed in. So then you got your officer on wing one, officer on wing two. So it's like if, you know, inmate Joe want to go over there to wing two, we got to find out what he needs to go over there for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when we verify whatever it was he was going over there for, we buzzed him in. So it wasn't like they could just, you know, open the door and go. It's like wing one, wing two, wing three. And then wing four was the females. So you would literally have to get buzzed to each one of the wings to walk through. But you had to have, like, a reason to be going over there. You couldn't, you know, just because your homie over there went like, oh, yeah, I want to go chill with my... It's like, uh, no, what's your business over there? State your business. Because if, if you ain't got no business over there, then you can't get over there. Right. Because we <laughs> still had to reduce fights and, you know, stuff like that. And... So it, they still had to get permission to move from wing to wing. But most of the time, that was like the irrelevant part with them because they knew that their counselor, they wait on their counselor faithfully. It was like, you know, how you, you know, go to the public aid office and how they sitting out there waiting on their caseworker to come in so they can, you know, hey, we need to get stuff done. It's the same way with their counselors. They would literally be posted by the counselor door in a line before she got there, he or she got there because they wanted they pass. They was like, "We got, I got to get up out of here. I got to go to work. I got to go to this. You know, it's it's my family reunion. I got to, you know, so they was ready to go. Right, <laughs> right. They was there. I'd be like, yo, your counselor not here. Oh, no. I know, I know. I know, Miss Shani, but uh-uh. I got to go. I got to get up out of here. I've been in these walls too long. And I'm like, Okay. All right. <laughs> so even though, okay, so you said y'all did have fights in there, even though it was work release, y'all did. It have was, fights in there? yeah, and it was, it was because it would be on, you know, back in the nineties, it was that territorial stuff. Okay. The GDs and uh, the BDs uh, and okay. the, the okay. Crips and the the whips and the hits and whatever else. They <laughs> <laughs> so it was that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. because it was just like they may have had beef out there on the street, so now the beef, now they both in in space together. So it's like, what you looking at? No, what you looking at? No, you know. So it's just like it was that stuff, but it was never anything like how you had. We never had to deal with like shanks and stuff. Okay, you know the worst part that I had to deal with being there is. Um, one of my guys had killed himself. He hung himself. Wow. And that was that was a lot for me. That was a lot. Like because now it's like I I've never been experienced, you know what I'm saying? I never been put in that situation. So that was the one thing that kind of stuck in my mind more so than anything else. It was that and that's work release. So you would. So I'm pretty sure you wouldn't even thought that probably would have happened. Would have thought because I'm like you got freedom. Yeah, you know. But it's at the same. So we we never knew the why behind it. It's just that you know we would have loved to have known. Like okay, what happened? What drove him to this? But you know, if they did have the reason set in, they never gave you know gave us that information. So, but that was like the worst thing that I've ever had to deal with while being in there. So I know with coming into the jail from me 
going through the process of my experiences um, to become a correctional officer, they was telling us how how to you know how to check the inmates as they're coming in like basically it's intake how you check them and stuff mm-hmm. did y'all have to do that mm-hmm. if, and when they came back yep from- we still had a shakedown okay. because when you enter into the doors you had two shakedown rooms so each one will have to go in the shakedown room and we did the exact same thing as to how you would probably shake down the individual that's in corrections yeah. So you still had to shake them down, and if they would, and they still had things that they could not bring in. So if you know they brought stuff in because they forgot they was in a hurry, mm-hmm. they couldn't take it back there. Um, but the one thing that I did like, and I I would always remember my guys because I was the only female on my uh, on my shift. I was the only female, and when it came to because back then. My male staff, they didn't like to do like the because you can't you have your main control. So in main control, you're answering the phone, you're transferring calls, you're signing them in, you're signing them out. And guys was just like my my guys was like, nah, princess, we don't want to do that. So we're gonna make a deal. You sit in main control <laughs> and we gonna take everybody down and come in. And I'm like, for real? And they was like, yeah, we got you, princess. You just stay on in that main control. And the, and it was literally because I think it, and I and I thank them for it because I had both my children in in the walls of work release. So I think it was because I was pregnant and they really didn't want anything to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So they set my pregnant self in main control. And they took care of all the shakedowns and, you know, giving out the assignments for the guys to clean up and, you know, do stuff like that. So for that, I really appreciated it. Um, When I worked in corrections in HR is when I realized, like, and that's not to say that everybody is like that, but that's when I realized that, that um, having, having your fellow officer back, it, it doesn't exist all the time behind those walls you know because even though I was working in HR I still heard that oh well I don't like her and if something go down I ain't got she on her own how she on her own yeah how she on her own you're supposed to protect her at all costs as is she's supposed to do the same for you it's not about who you like who you don't like it's not about that and right. when I seen that, I, w- I couldn't do nothing but shake my head. And I'm just like, I didn't have that to worry about. And that's something that you don't want to worry about. Because exactly. dealing with that, you want to be able to be like, your fellow co-workers got your back. Got your back. You got their back. So, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't commend my guys for that. We had a... I never had to worry about anything. That was like the least of my worries when it came to that because I knew if I needed them in crisis mode, they were there. That's good. As soon as I called that call on the radio, it's, it's there. Like if I'm in the day room and they getting loud and they about to, you know, throw blows and I make that call, my guys is Johnny on the spot. They come in. Every last one of them from the shift supervisor on down. Everybody rolling in like, what's going on? And they scooping them up left and right, scooping them up. And I'm just like, now I, then that was just the facility that I was at and working in HR. And I'm looking at these reports that's coming in and I'm looking like, okay, you had a person right there. Why did it take X, Y, Z amount of time um, for this officer to be protected? Or because now the person that was there didn't do anything. So now somebody else from another unit has to come over to help this officer. But the person that was in there is like, oh, I know what was going on. I was doing count. I was in, you know, it was, I'm just like, oh, wow, this is what it has come down to. And that's, and again, that's not to say that's everywhere. I, when you're in HR in corrections, you get full reports on everything. Mm-hmm. So I seen it from that perspective. And that's not to say it was not no good officers out there, weren't no good sergeants and lieutenants that had each other's back. That's not to say that the reports that I received on occasions, 
it just, I was just not comfortable with. I wasn't comfortable with that. Not at all. Right. Right. Wow. So and you and you said you was the you was the only female in your mm-hmm. on that shift. On that shift. Because our shift was broken into seven to three, three to eleven, eleven to seven. And I, for whatever reason, ended up on eleven to seven. Back then, seniority ruled the world. <laughs> I could have been on I was on 7 to 3 and then um, there may have been a 11 to 7 shift available but if somebody came in transferring to our location and they had seniority over me it could have been a day of seniority and they wanted 7 to 3 guess who gets bumped to 11 to 7 I mm-hmm. so when I work 11 to 7 well I'm the only female working 11 to 7 because most people most seniority people had that seven to three, that three to eleven. You know, I ended up with I started at seven to three, and once I had my children, you know, I got it seemed like once I got pregnant, I started getting bounced around, and then my mom just put her foot down, like, Well, if I'm gonna babysit my grandbabies, you gotta go to 11 to seven. <laughs> so, 11 to seven, I went. <laughs> <laughs> But that was the thing. I, I started off at seven to three and had did that for so long. And then as as our um, as our agency started to grow, people got word that you know we existed because again we were a brand new facility. So when I tell you you had them veterans coming in up in there with 25, 35 years, what you ain't got you can't do nothing but bow down and go to whatever shift. They didn't want to go. That's the shift you went to. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you, how many years you got? I've been with the, I've been in corrections for 35. Yeah, you want this shift, don't you? All right, just, all right, when you want it. When you want it. Can I get my, can I get stuff situated first? Right. But you knew you was getting bumped. It was an automatic thing. You were getting bumped. With you being the only female on your shift, do you feel like you got the respect that you needed from your co-workers and also the inmates? Yes. Definitely my co-workers. And I had, when it came to my inmates, yes, because the one thing I did learn and it worked back then in the 90s. So this this whole new millennium stuff, I don't even know if it worked no more, but back then, if you gave them respect, you know, and you didn't treat them as such. Like, okay, yeah, they committed this crime, but they're almost home. And they're human. So I can't demoralize them and make them less than because I'm an officer. Right. And so for that, I always got commended on that. Like, thank you for treating me like a human. Yeah. So, and it mattered when, like, if we got, I got my old, I got my gas there. And these are my guys that I'm used to having. And then we get transfers in. And, you know, when you get a transfer in, a transfer, a quick tell you what they ain't going to do, where to tell you, going to tell you where to go, how to get there, because they ain't doing it. So because I had gained that respect, you know, i never forget. And I had told you that I, you know, going around giving out assignments like, you know, okay, you got to clean the bathroom. You got to clean the day room. You got to clean this. And we had a new guy on camp. And I told him like, hey, you got to, I need you to clean the bathroom for me. And I'm explaining to him like, okay, I need you to spray the bleach because, and I didn't know that until I worked for corrections. Girl, when you want to clean your toilet and you got a man living in the house with you, you know, sometimes that little, that little sprinkle, sprinkle get up. It don't always hit. Right. Auntie, when you spray some bleach. It works. It, it starts to bubbling. And I was like, ooh. Okay, so I figured out a way to clean the bathroom to make them real. Because after they clean, then, you know, you got the people, the higher ups come behind and make sure that they, they doing what they supposed to do. So this one inmate, I told him like, hey, I need you to clean the bathroom for me. And I was, you know, trying to explain to him how I want it done. He told me I ain't cleaning no motherfucking bathroom. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, no problem. I walked out because I'm like, I'm, I'm, first of all, I ain't finna argue with you about nothing. I walked out and one of the guys, they came out and they like, 
Miss so and so. I'm like, what's going on? Did he just tell you he ain't cleaning nothing? I said, he sure did. He sure did. But I said, it's okay. I said, I'm going to take care of that. Don't, no, don't, in my mind, because I'm like, I, I'm about to go and report it and, you know, woo up the bam. Mm-hmm. And they was like, okay, by the time you go do your count and, and give everybody their assignments, I guarantee you he's going to have a change of heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. I went and gave everybody assignments and, you know, okay, I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you, Miss So-and-so. Woo. I come back down the hallway and here, here's the new guy. <laughs> what you need me to do? <laughs> oh, you going to clean the bathroom? I'm clean the bathroom. Just, to, just show me what you need me to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me show you what I need you to do. <laughs> and I was just like, I asked a question. Mm-hmm. He was he bloody. He didn't have no puffy eyes, no busted lips. So I don't know what was said, but whatever was said and done, he ended up cooperating. Now, whatever was said and done, was this from your coworkers or other inmates? This was other inmates. Oh, okay. This was other inmates. And, and I promise you, it is all in how you talk to them. Even when I worked in corrections and HR and, you know, even I had my housekeepers were inmates who came and cleaned the offices, the bathrooms and stuff for our offices. And even speaking with them, you know, it's like he'll be like, well, you know what? He was like, some of these officers, they don't have no respect for us. And I get it. I get it. We did something stupid, you know, and that's what we hear. But at the end of the day, like he said, he said, I'm a grown man first. Yeah. And he was like, and I, I don't need, I don't need you talking to me like I'm no kid. And I used to have to tell him like, Hey, I, I said, I totally understand. I said, but keep your cool. You know, I said, because you trying to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. like, and you going I said, and you already know you gonna have the officers that think cause they got that uniform on that they Billy badass. Mm-hmm. And they gonna, you know, they gonna throw their weight around. I said, and sometimes you just gotta let them do it because you are on that receiving end. You stand to lose more than they stand to lose. That's true. Then I had to pull my officers in like, you don't get to talk to them like that. You don't get to. You don't understand. You know, I'm the officer. I said, and I get it because I hired you. Right. So I know your title. I said, but at the same time, you don't need to make that person your enemy. Right. Exactly. I said, because what I've learned when I worked in corrections I said, when stuff, when riots happen and fights break out, if you are in good standing with them, they make sure you're good. Yeah. I come on. It's about to go down. I'm going to need you to go ahead, get in, get in that corner, get out that door, but I need you to get out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. I, okay, you ain't got to tell me twice. Okay. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm out with the radio like yeah it's going down in the day room cold whatever the codes was because that was so many years ago I don't even want to tell my age but um you know how they had them different codes when things break out and I just had to call it in but I got heads up to to get out of harm's way right you know and I and I understood it and I respect it and I never made any of them feel like they were less than now the women <laughs> baby whoo, whoo, that should have been my birth control because honey women in corrections it's a different beast when it comes to them it's they're they're different because they one- are different 150 percent different <laughs> And I would never, ever, if 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 a facility came about and they was paying thirty some dollars an hour to be a correction officer, and they said we'll pay you thirty five dollars an hour to come work for us, new facility, and your your people are going to be females. Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> I'm passing. I'll pass on that one. No, them women is different. I don't understand. I never understood the why behind it. But oh my goodness. 
So you would rather deal with the male inmates than the females? Yes. Any day. NT day. But you they, but you had to deal with the females at one point. I had to deal with them. The, they was messy. <laughs> they was they was hot. They you, you thought the in, new inmate didn't want to work and clean up. They didn't want to do nothing but get up because we had the door that separated them from the men and the women. And all they wanted to do was be at that door. And then you had the ones that thought you were stupid and they just wanted, oh, oh, Miss So-and-so, oh, I'll go with you to go clean. I'll go with you to go clean because they knew if they go in this area where well, the guy's going to be over there because they clean. <laughs> so now the same one that I told you, shut the F up talking to me. Don't say shit to me. Leave me the phone. It's the <laughs> same one who now want to go with you to clean. <laughs> Absolutely not, ma'am. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. One boy yesterday, one boy today. Absolutely not. You do not get to go clean with me today. No, you do not. <laughs> Remember, you said f me. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it like that. Cause I already know what you want. Cause your little boyfriend over there cleaning. Cause he done called the little payphone and he done told you that he gonna be over there cleaning. And now you want to go clean. Y'all ain't going to meet up today. Not on my account. <laughs> Won't meet up today. <laughs> they tried it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the words of Tavon Braxton, you tried they it. They tried it. And back then, because we were younger, you know, because like I said, I went into corrections when I came fresh out of high school. So you were eight. I was a baby. Wow. I was a baby. And that's how come I was like I was okay in work release now if uh, if that opportunity had came and they said uh, actual prison prison I would have had to say no because when we did our tour they took us on a tour of Statesville and uh, me and my best friend walking together like girl you see this shit I'm like girl I do you see this I felt like my dear and Ella, you see, you see me? I see you. Girl, no. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. I'm like, we cannot. Mm-mm. So when we came back, it was like, you know, they got some openings, and I think you ladies will be. I'm going to say no. I'm going to pass. I don't know what she going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm passing. So you were, you were dealing with people that was older than you then? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Because we were babies. Yeah. We were babies coming into this. And yeah. I, like I said, I had both my children in corrections. I was pregnant. I, I, I had both of them while I was working in corrections. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. It was a good experience. I would not take it away. Uh, for anyone that's interested, like I said, I would choose work release. If you're kind of, if you're kind of timid and not sure, you know, and you want to kind of give yourself a taste of something, I then yes. But it's not, it's not for everybody. I have had when I've had hired officers for corrections, and I'm looking at them like. You know, damn well you shouldn't be in this, but okay, I'm, you know, hey. <laughs> but I get to talking to them because if I if I have to orientate you and get you prepared, I have to give you the real deal, right? And I would always tell them these guys are not your friends. Yeah, I said when you're coming in, I said the very moment that you are in contact with an inmate, they are sizing you up. They are now you are their pawn they have to figure out what's your weakness they have basic conversation i said and some of y'all gonna tell them how you marry how long you've been married how many kids you got uh you're gonna tell them you're going through a divorce you're gonna tell them that you got financial you're gonna tell them all that stuff they don't need to know exactly i said you're gonna be in and and they're gonna pick your brain and they're gonna pick it and they're gonna pick it and you're going to be vulnerable and you're going to tell them everything that they need to know. And then next thing you know, you're going to find yourself trafficking for them. And then and you're going to find yourself fraternizing. And I have had to fire so many of my officers 
even my even my office staff for messing around with an inmate. Girl, like, wait a minute. And that's why I, I have on both ends, I have the experience of working, you know, front line with them. And then I have that experience where I've actually had to terminate employment based on the fact that someone was fraternizing. I had one office staff to tell me, y'all don't understand. He loves me. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to do everything I can. Wait, who wait, who was this again? This was an office, like somebody who worked in an office, not an officer, but they were like my a part of the administrative team that got tied up with an inmate. Okay, now wait a minute. They're part of your administrative team. So uh-huh. how did they Because again, remember I said when you working in Correct. Well, in at the uh, Department of Corrections, you got the inmates that come clean your office. You got people that work in the library. The inmates go to the library to read up on stuff, to you know, do what they got to do to get their degree. So, your study coming in contact with them, and they weed out the weak, <laughs> and they get you. They got you. You be like, wait a minute. I be sitting there like. I said, now, on my worst day, when my hair ain't done, my nails ain't done, I don't foresee myself going to an inmate, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, because they can't do nothing. It's like a long distance relationship almost. What the hell they going to do? It's even worse because they can't, they can't get on a flight to come see you. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> so it's like, it's worse than being in a long distance relationship. So how do you... So what, what happened was she allowed her house to be the house that he got released to. Uh-uh. Yeah, honey, when you... Uh-uh. Yes. yes, ma'am. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> and that and, and, and it happened more often than people know because it happened when I worked in work with Lisa and that was the only time that I actually had a co-worker with me and her clashed and that was because she had started messing around with one of the work release guys and when he was and she had given him her, her real number her address and everything so everything started coming back and I'm just sitting there like, and when I tell you she had the, I don't know, chip on her shoulder when it came to me. And I was just like, but I'm not the one who created this mess for you. I didn't create this. You created this. So how you mad at me? Because you going through what you going through. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad at me. You chose this life. I, I, you chose this. And so it was just like, yeah, no. So it's, like I tell anybody, it is not for the weak-minded. It is not. If you are easily to be intimidated, easily to be turned out, I suggest strongly that you don't go to corrections because they will get you. They gonna get you. Work release is a nice place to start. Now the question is, I want to know that they still have the work release uh, programs out here because the one that I started out, I found out maybe like a year or so ago that they actually had closed it down and everybody that worked there had to be dispersed to different work release centers. Yeah. And it was the, it was a brand new facility. And I was like in awe that they had actually closed it down. Oh, wow. Yeah. They had closed it down. So now when you go over there, it's this big old building and it's like it's nothing and I'm just like wow from my experience it started right there like it legit started me and my best friend we did it together we both got pregnant and we had our kids around the same time all while we were there wow all while we were there so I wouldn't change that life experience for nothing in the world it was a learning experience. It really was. It definitely was that. And I wouldn't change it for the world. 
you wouldn't change it, but you wouldn't go back to it either. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I ain't going back. <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> if you, if there's an HR position available, hey, I'm there. I'm not going back to this. HR. Periodically, my warden reach out to me today and be like, I got a position. No, you don't. You really don't, because I'm not doing that. I'm not. I just need you to do it for six months. No, six months is too long. Do you know how long six months gonna take to get back? But why you gotta do it for six months though? Why? Why? You because after six months, you get to transfer to different agencies within corrections. Okay. okay. And then, depending on which area you go in, depends on how much money you come in, how much money you make, depending on which area you go into. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's no, it's a it's a hard no for me. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard no for me. I cannot. Well, you gave some good information on this Thank tonight. You. you really gave some good information because, like I said, I didn't know it was like I thought everything was the same, so I didn't know it was different being a officer. And- and then the officer with work release that's different mm-hmm. yeah it's different and, it, and when we started like I said it was we were a trainee of some sort and then we went from a trainee and our title that back then it was corrections residence counselor one CRC one that's what it was and then you had your CRC two but you did exactly the same job as a correctional officer. The exact same job. And the title was, that was the only difference. It was the title and possible the pay. That was it. Because it was released. So you, so you did say for advice for anybody that want to get started. If What's your word of advice again? I would say if someone is interested in there, and you just want to know, like, you got some people that know, like, I want to work within the jail. I want to go behind the walls. And I commend those. I really do. I don't speak ill of those. I commend. If you are someone who kind of, like, is indecisive, like, oh, I don't know, I will start in work release. Okay. Because it's not as demanding and your inmates have something to lose yeah. versus going into a penitentiary and you're dealing with lifers. Now, if you go in pen and you got your max people and then you got your minimum and then you got your, you know, not so bad of people, okay, that's fine. But in that atmosphere, it's not guaranteed that you're going to always be on the, the side where you have the criminals who did the least. Like there's this, you have the ones that sold drugs. They're not dangerous. In your mind, people may think they're not dangerous. They sold drugs. That's what they in there for. Or they may have sold a car. You know, but then when you start getting into the rapists and the murderers, that's a whole nother. And I'm telling you, the eerie feeling you don't, you never forget. And I would never forget when I, as HR, walk the maximum security division of the penitentiary when I tell you I was I, I, I was just not right after that I walked in and once with the tour was over and I walked out I think for like a couple of days I was not the same I was not is it because of what you saw or it was how it's just like you got your max these are the people that's not getting out so these are the people where we I seen where they created they made things to keep them from throwing feces and urine out at you. Oh wow! Then you got them taking something in a thing and they're banging up against the bars and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're calling you all type of bitches and hoes. And now, mind you, I am not even an officer at this point. I am doing a tour because my warden suggested that I tour the facility to get to know the facility. I am literally still in HR, but I am being treated as such while I'm touring. Oh, wow. So Exactly. But, so they thought you was an officer? No, it didn't matter if I was an officer or not. 
Oh wow! It didn't matter, and that feeling—that's why I say it is is working in correction is not for the weak. It is not, and if I had to, if that was like my, you know, how they have you where you come for your um, tour of the facility, if you're thinking about being an officer, and they tour over there, that would have made me decide like, no, I won't do this. Thank y'all. Thank you, but no, thank you. I was not the same for a couple of days. Right. My Lord had to keep checking in on me, like you good, and I'm like, I can't unsee what I seen. I was like, the things that they were saying to me, I said, I'm just, I'm at all right now. And then for you to say that they had stuff set up, so they went, so they they would pieces and stuff, like, yes. Because yes. I've had so many. That's one of those workman comp incidents where an officer is doing his round, his or her rounds, taking count. And if one of those inmates throw urine or feces on them, that's a workers. That's workers comp. So now really? I'm, I'm doing the workers comp. Yeah, because you don't. You could have had an HIV person throw yeah. something at you. That's true. That's true. So now we got to send them to the hospital. They got to get all these different shots. They got to get tested for this for that. Yeah. And so then they made, they put like coverings on there where you can open it to put a tray in to give them, but they can't open it from their side. You can open it from your side to push their tray in, but they had to make stuff like that so they couldn't throw it at the offices no more. Yeah. Now, do you think that all jails, prisons, whatever, they should all have that type of... I think all of them should have it, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you because when you're when you just think about it, even it just urine and feces. That's bodily fluids. That's bodily fluids. And you don't know where you don't know what's in somebody's bodily fluids. So I think all of them should have it. I really do. Because at some point you gotta make the officer feel safe. It, it's hard to do it on a consistency. But to keep them from getting urine and feces thrown at them, yeah. Mm. I think they should. And I tell you, even though it was HR, I can honestly say I would never work it again. (laughs) Mm. I would not work it ever again. (laughs) I do the HR though. I hire some damn good badass officers for them. (laughs) But think about me if you, you know, decide to go that route. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying, if you you know, just saying. We'll talk about that later, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you decided, but I really appreciate your time on here tonight. I really appreciate no problem your, your advice and you know, just letting people know how it is. Yeah, you know? it's not a walk in the park. So it's not, it it costs money. I mean, it pays well. But like I tell anybody, all money ain't good money. Mm-hmm. So just be leery of getting involved in doing in corrections, being a correctional officer. At the same time, be safe. Be safe. So that's the biggest thing. Be safe. To the fellow correctional officers that's out there now, and to the ones that want to become, be safe. Be safe. And to the ones that are currently doing the job, we thank you. Thank you. For your yeah. Because you all should not go not looked upon or not even given that, that thank you. So I can say I thank you guys for showing up every day that you're scheduled. Yeah, because in that, there's, it's just like police officers. They walking in there not knowing if they're coming home. Nope, they don't know if they're coming home or not. Because just stuff happened on the streets with police officers. Guess what? Stuff happened in the jail with correctional officers. Yep. That's true. So some people think, oh, well, you're just a correctional officer. I still don't know if I'm going to make it home. You don't so. know if you're going to make it home that night. Nope. So and, I, can, I say thank you to those yeah. officers. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Yes, we do. We thank you. Thank you for putting your life on the line for us every day. Because, <laughs> I mean, you going in there not knowing if you're going to make it back home to your family. So it is. That's, and that's the reality of it. 
I, you know what? And on this, on this one, I want to dedicate this to all the officers. All the officers. Police Woo-hoo! officers, security officers, correctional officers. This is dedicated to you Thank guys. Y'all service. And me being a security officer, I love my job and I love what I do. But like what we just said, yes, I'm a security officer. But at the same time, I still don't know when me walking out the door, I don't know what's going to happen when I, once I get to work. So I'm, I'm going to make it back home. Oh, baby. So oh, baby. I really, yep, really appreciate y'all. We, we, appreci- we, we appreciate it from, from one fellow officer, well, from two fellow officers. <laughs> To the rest of y'all. To the rest, we appreciate we you. We appreciate you. These podcasts, part one and part two, you know what? This is dedicated to you guys because yeah. we put our lives on the line all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to protect and serve. And for, as for me, Shawnee, you always say it all the time to your, um, your orientation class. If ain't nobody gonna have your back, you know your officer. I know my officers got me. You know your officers got you, especially Officer Rocks. Yes, I know. <laughs> I've been waiting for somebody to pop off. <laughs> I'm but, like, what you say again? Right. I'll be right back. I'm gonna get trying to get this one up out of here. Right. Because <laughs> they talking cry cry. They got to go. Right. Get them up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I want to dedicate this to all the officers. Everything, all of them. Correctional, security, police. This podcast is dedicated to you guys. Thank y'all so much. We thank you. We appreciate you guys. Like, stay, keep being safe out there. And always make it home safe. Yes. Please. At, least at the end to. of the day, at Make the end of the day. Safe. That's that's the most important. So on that note, we're gonna get up out of here. We gonna get up out of here. We gonna say goodnight. We love y'all. Adios, amigos. Adios, machatos. <laughs> <laughs> we always say <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>